What is up, everyone? I am your host, Marvin Sandoval. Welcome back to another episode of Cinemedia. Just want to take a quick minute to say thank you to everyone who's given this uh, podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. If you guys haven't, it would mean the world if you guys just left a five-star and a quick little review what you think about the podcast right now i have one in front of me from beatles freak thank you so much with this uh really nice note saying marvin cinemania podcast is perfect for creative entrepreneurs launching their businesses the topics are always fantastic and i love listening on the train and in the car or listen while you edit whatever works you'll love it too so much to be learned Thank you so much, Beatles Freak. I seriously appreciate that. If you guys go over, please leave a review and a five-star. It would mean the absolute world to me. Um, but back on the subject of today's podcast, we have an incredible guest. We have Lena Marisola, an incredible wedding photographer and entrepreneur. She has never had a job. And by that, I mean she's never had to interview because she works for herself. Now, Lena is bubbly. She is funny and has such a pure energy and her insight in entrepreneurship and being a photographer is something that I think you'll really enjoy and you have a lot to learn from. So make sure to give the podcast a five star on Apple iTunes and we will be back next week with another episode. Enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Cinemania. I'm your host, Marvin Sandoval. I'm very honored to have our guest today, Lena Marisola. Uh, she's an accomplished photographer, entrepreneur from the Boston area. Uh, thank you again, Lena, for being on the show. Thank you so much. I am. I wish you could see my huge smile right now. I'm so honored and happy to be here. Oh uh, well, it's an absolute pleasure. I've been following Lena for quite some time on Instagram. Uh, when I was beginning photography and when I first started doing my videography, Lena was a huge source of inspiration. She is just incredibly talented and has such an amazing eye for photography. For the people who don't know who you are, Lena, could you give us a little bit of an intro, you know, about who you are? Yeah, so I'm Lena. I live in Boston in Mission Hill, and I am a wedding photographer, and I also shoot fashion and commercial work. So basically, I work for myself. I, I have had my business for eight years now, and I've been shooting for 10 or 11. And I love bubble tea and basically all Asian food. <laughs> I'm just obsessed. Um, so I love food. I love traveling. I love living in a city. I don't know how to function when I'm not in a city environment. And I love my job. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, there's so much in that that I, I want to tackle and learn, learn more about. But you said you've been um, doing photography for, what, 12 years? In total, yep. Business, I'm going in my eighth wedding season and total like 10, 11-ish years, probably 11, yeah. Wow. So t take me back to... Lena, <laughs> 11 years ago, right? Your, your yeah, okay. first camera. Yes. Bring me back. Okay. Lena, hello. Um, I was wicked <laughs> chunky. And so I'm back. It was like the end of the sixth grade. So that awkward middle school time of horrific, just fashion and life choices. And <laughs> I would borrow my family's like point and shoot camera. This was, so what, 2007, 2006, 2007 it and I would just take a ton of pictures with it everything and then I kind of started getting into it 
and I bought like saved up money and bought another just like little point like $200 point she shot everything I used a fake stick from school um sometimes if I'd like learn a new technique I would put my mom's still has a book of this stuff buried um I'd put you know like flowers on the coffee table or dunk them in seltzer and like take macro photos of the bubbles <laughs> and I'd put glitter on water droplets I was on DeviantArt if that tells you anything um <laughs> anyone remembers that era of the world um just really embarrassing but I was just so in love with photography that that is all I wanted to do and I had a group of friends in middle school all who lived in my neighborhood and we'd bike together and do everything together and I started taking pictures of them like in our parks or whatever. And my friend was a dancer and she'd do ballet and I'd do these crazy setups and paint their faces or whatnot. So it kind of started shifting from taking pictures of things to people. And so I worked um, sometimes during the summers like at an office doing reception stuff when I was like 14. Um, and I saved up and I've got the Canon Rebel, which you know, was an actual DSLR because what I used to do, I wasn't stupid. Like I knew point and shoots did not have the capability. They don't have real sensors. They don't have actual lenses. So I would blur the background in Photoshop to make it look like a <laughs> DSLR. And finally the day came, I got a DSLR and I just pointed it at everything out of focus. So there was bokeh everywhere. I was obsessed. And so I just took pictures of all my friends and kept the portrait thing. Um, a couple months after that, I started shooting music photography now we're in like january 2009 and 2010 and then started doing a family i think a friend or a co-worker of my mom's or something asked for family portraits and for 50 bucks i did her and her friend um, her family and lowell and her friend and her like one-year-old baby son and that was the start of start of my business but i was like i've never shot a wedding and they were like wow we're so excited to be your first. And I was like, oh my God, wow, that's not What was that like I... when you were asked to do that? Were you nervous? <laughs> what was, no, what I was, was going through your excited. mind? I was excited. I mean, I had never attended a wedding before that. Like <laughs> I don't have a big family. So I'd literally never gone to a wedding, mm -hmm. but they were so excited. It was Danielle and Kyle um, in 2010. I think it was April, 2010. I could be wrong about the month. It was a really long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so they the wedding day came and it just like came naturally it was so much fun i had a great time um shooting with my little rebel and my 50 and that's just where it snowballed i was like this is what i want to do i'm great at portraits and i want to keep doing weddings and just like like i had started shooting weddings before i got my license and then i got my license i made it easier and by the end of high school i was already four years into weddings and um, I did 45 seniors by the year that I graduated for senior portraits and family. So I was basically running a business through high school. And then, um, it, I wasn't, it wasn't really an option, like where I came from to not mm -hmm. think about college. There was one, um, there was one guy, Brendan Donahue, who is a videographer who chose not to go to college. And that was like the, oh my God, Brendan's not going to college thing. Yeah, well, he's the most talented person I know and he's killing it nowadays, but <laughs> it's really, it wasn't a thing. Like, so I decided to go to mass art um, and do the art school thing, possibly for graphic design. Cause I was like, I already know photo. 
I don't need to do that. And then I was like, oh, why do I want to spend my time doing graphic design? <laughs> like I can do it, but that's not what I want to do. So yeah. I went into the photo program. Um, turned out like not the right fit for me, but I just kind of powered through the four years and just graduated. And I have been and still am. I've been full time weddings. Like I always say, um, always like I'm unemployed, but I'm not. I'm just self-employed. But I've like never had a job, a job or like gone on an interview or shown mm -hmm. my resume to anyone. So I'm like, I'm not sure when I'm really going to join the real world. But um. Yeah, that kind of basically gives you the, the history of Lena Marisolo photography. And um, when I, in high school, I met a woman who is a commercial and portrait photographer in my town, Barb Peacock. And she, I interned for her and she basically became my mentor and best friend. We say we're 40 years apart, but we're literally best friends. <laughs> we always joke about that. And um, she helped me get into the commercial world with stock and fashion. She was just amazing to have around and we're still best friends so that's awesome but she really um she helped me through those years and still does so and now I sit here today we are it's 2018 <laughs> Ten it's years, crazy to uh, believe eight, that right I know I know eight years in business bottle wine season models, and I'm just really happy where I am right now well you you touched on so much and one conversation that I think that is sparking up more and more is the debate on, you know, whether or not going to college, right? A mm -hmm. lot of people who are naturally gifted, like yourself, like through photography, do you feel that with your, your keen ability, your just natural sense for photography, your eye, do you think when you went to MassArt, was that helpful for you in some ways? Or um, do you think that some people should just follow their gut, like your friend, who just didn't go to college because there's two really cool contrasts right there. Yeah. I think that you can never like go wrong if you are like privileged and in the spot enough like to go to higher education, to go to community college. Like furthering education is something that you should be doing for your entire life. Like not even just like college, but like going to workshops, having mentors do it. Like you should always be educating yourself. So if you have like a chance to attend some kind of like college or whatever I would do it it's just that like for my mass art turned out to be a really fine art school and I am the opposite I like I can do fine art or whatever you know I've done some projects <laughs> like that um but I'm a commercial shooter I love weddings I love business so freaking much like I am just in everything um so I joke I was going to put on my graduation cap should have gone to business school <laughs> So, like, it wasn't the right I, – I learned so much. And I had some professors that just absolutely were incredible. And I feel like I learned just, like, more about the world in my other academic classes and whatnot. So I don't think anyone can really, like, go to a four-year college and be like, that was worthless. I did not learn one thing. My, my views were not challenged in one bit, you know. So it mm -hmm. definitely – if if you can do it but I don't think everyone needs to like and these days you can be you don't even have to like go to business school to run a business there's so much in free education and online education in mentors and workshops and just self-education in that way that you can you can do so much you can grow an empire and have never stepped foot into a university that's so crazy and you you also mentioned a little bit just now about mentorship. 
Mm-hmm. What uh, kind of mentor do you have now? And how has your mentor helped you navigate, you know, not just photography, but I think the business realm, because I think there are so many creatives who are just so naturally gifted in the arts, but when it comes to leveraging and negotiating mm-hmm. prices, money, um, has your mentor ha- been helpful for you in that aspect? So you are able to also be both an artist, but also a businesswoman? For sure. And I'd say like right now in my life, I have, I would say like multiple mentors, or it's kind of more like peer mentors. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, the only person I personally knew who did photography was Barb. And with what I wanted, you know, so I had this one mentor, but now I'm like older and I've met other people and I have, and I have Barb in my life for commercial. So when any like to bid on a job or if I have questions, cause like commercial pricing is just not commercial. Like weddings is an industry where like everyone shares and you're about like education and like community and commercial world is like, I'll cut your throat. <laughs> so, so I call up Barb whenever there's something like I need. Um, or I have a question mm-hmm. about, or, you know, stuff like that. And then I have a family photographer who I met a few years ago off of Instagram. And she is just such a power lady. She is an amazing Boston boss lady. And I feel like just industry, I have not like, I guess like mentors who really know me because Kate doesn't do weddings and Barb doesn't do weddings. Um, <laughs> they're in different, they're in different sections. So I feel like the kind of online community of peers around me in Boston and like people to learn from like the big, like bigger hitters, like in the industry, like Jenna Kutcher, Justin and Mary, Amy and Jordan, Caitlin James, like those people and, and being connected with them on social and their blogs and all their free or paid like educational materials. Like that's who I feel like I kind of have mentors, but if I ever had a question, like there are photographer, wedding photographers in the area. I could be like, hey, what do you think about this? Because we all have, we're all in those Facebook groups, you know? So I feel like there's community everywhere, but mentorship and community are so, so important. They, they help you not feel like an island because when you work for yourself, I'm literally pacing around in my bedroom right now because that's where I work out of, <laughs> like alone. And I lived alone for two years before this. I have roommates for the first time. Um, and it's just, you're lonely. You just sit alone all day. <laughs> do your work mm-hmm. you know and like the people who are lucky enough to like go to we work or have co-working spaces like that's you, you get to see humans wow so it can be like really <laughs> lonely when you're the only person doing stuff like you're doing everything in your business and even if you have a team a lot of our team members are like virtual like an editor or um, a virtual assistant or whatnot so it's really important to like have friendships whether they're on like instagram or to like go get coffee with someone to feel like you're not doing this alone no, absolutely. And I think community is something that we don't realize the importance of until you lack it. Yeah. You start to realize, you know, until a fire starts burning and there's no one to help you put it out. That's actually a great way to put it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so with all these Facebook groups, I just started to get in, into them. And I I've noticed that there's a lot of helping one another saying, like, I need a client. I need help mm-hmm. with this. Things with that. When you first started uh, started with your wedding photography, you had somebody reach out to you. Um, I personally found that to get your feet wet in weddings, it's usually through like somebody taking a chance on you or getting yeah. your name out there. What advice would you give someone who is 
trying to like break into the wedding space for the first time. They're brand new, but they just need that chance. Hmm. Okay. Well, other than I know this is actually, if you're really trying to break into the wedding world, I would start by second shooting. Um, I would start by having a great portfolio of like portraits and just like having good work, um, which comes with practice, practice and more practice. Um, and refining your technique and then email or approach photographers in your area and say, Hey, um, I would love to carry your gear. I would love to second shoot for you. You don't have to pay me. Like I would love, you know, like for the first couple of times or whatnot. Um, and just put yourself out there to be second shooting because that gives you a wedding portfolio. Um, and then, you're creating relationships with other photographers who can be mentors. I mean, you're watching someone work on a wedding day. That's huge to be able to see what a photographer's job is like. Cause I actually attended my first wedding ever as a guest um, in October and being a guest and being the photographer, it's so freaking different. It is <laughs> like otherworldly um, about like what goes on behind the scenes. And I like, I like being behind the scenes better, but shadowing and like going along and being an assistant to a photographer gets you a blueprint of everything on that day and how this successful photographer operates, shoots, what they do, like what you're supposed to do. And you can't get that by reading articles online. So, so I mean, you, you can, if someone asked like, Hey, will you shoot my wedding and you've never done one? Like, yeah, of course, take it. That's great. But if, if you don't have that and you need the leg, start by offering to second shoot. So I think there's a lot that you just said in there. And I think you're totally right. Having filmed a wedding and then being in it, it's it's kind of like really, really weird because you're like, whoa, I'm actually in the moment and enjoying this. Mm -hmm. um, and you also talked about, you know, the behind the scenes of a wedding and getting ready for a wedding. You know, for me, I have to mentally prepare myself for like a full day of filming for yeah. a wedding. <laughs> Can you talk to me about, you know, do you have any rituals before you go into a wedding? Like, how do you prepare for your wedding shoot? Um, organization makes mm -hmm. for a stress-free, like, pre-ritual, I guess you can say. Um, what I do is I, the day before, the day before that, I charge all of my batteries. I pack my bag with fresh flash batteries. I clear all my cards. I set out, like, I put them in my camera because I shoot with two cards. Like, I get everything all set up. And then I also print out the list of the timeline and all their family portraits. So I'm literally just ready to go with a packed bag. So all I have to do is throw on a dress and just leave the house, which is nice because on weekends, I'm usually um, with my boyfriend. So we'll kind of be rolling out of bed, making breakfast. And then I usually don't have to go to weddings until like 12, 1, 2 o'clock or whatever. So Sometimes like we'll go out to brunch and then I'll take like a 35 minute nap and then be like, Oh, there's the alarm time to go to my wedding. <laughs> it's, um, it's not, they're not stressful like at all to me. And just cause they're fun. Like, and I really do like, I love weddings. I know wedding days better than the back of my hand. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so there's like really not that there's no surprises, but like I'm, I've done everything I can to prepare and, just like gear organization is a really important part of that. Be like, yep, my camera's working. I have more batteries than I would ever need for a four day wedding <laughs> and <laughs> have enough cards. Like I've got, you know, a terabyte worth of freaking CF cards. So I'm, I'm ready to go.
Oh, that's a lot of memory. A terabyte? What? Um, well, let me think about it. No, it's probably like 600 gig. That's still at least because I have at least 1064 gigs and then more 32. So yeah, let's call it between like six and eight hundred because the Mark IV shoots huge files. So I go through like 364 gigs a night, and then you want to have extra, and then if I have a double header, you have to have like double or more of those cards, so you're not like trying to race and write over them. So speaking about gear and techie stuff, I read your blog about what's in your backpack. For the <laughs> listeners, what do you shoot on, and wh- what what's your current setup like? I shoot with the Canon 5D Mark IV, which I love very dearly. Now I made the I made the upgrade in the spring. Um, and it's a game changer because it has Wi-Fi. So hope no wedding people are listening, but like I, um, I will do sneak peeks during dinner. So you use the Canon app and you can just pull the raw files off, edit in Lightroom mobile with your presets from Lightroom <laughs> that you already do. What? And I have a wedding, like I have wedding pictures posted on Instagram, Facebook, and then I show the couple at dinner and they always freak out. Um, so the Mark IV has definitely done some amazing things for like client experience and my business and I love it and if I could I'd say like 80 percent um my 51.2 is like glued to my lens like you could super glue that to my body and I honestly probably wouldn't care like I the love 50, that 51.2 yep in any any of the 50s like I always tell people people ask me all the time like oh can you recommend like a good camera to get like entry level and I'm like I don't know anything about entry level cameras like I know nothing I know just as much as you but you can't say that you got to be nice However, (laughs) what I do know about new entry-level cameras is I scrap the kit lens that's like a 3.5 to 5.6, like 24 to 70 zoom or whatever, and get a 50 millimeter 1.8 for 99 bucks, and it's the most beautiful lens. It's amazing. I mean, that one's loud, but it's cheap. It's like cheaper than any other lens you can get in the 50, like Mm -hmm. any primes. I'm just a a super prime girl. So that's what I would get. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you what <laughs> starter group would you recommend someone, but I think you just answered it yeah. right there. They're all so good. Sh- just get a can, like get it. I mean, I'm biased to Canon. So like get a Canon, get some kind of rebel, get a T, whatever. I, I don't know. They're, you, I don't think you can buy a camera that came out in the past five years. That is bad. <laughs> like they're all really great. True. They have, I mean, my screen, I hate that my screen doesn't um, like flip out, grab any, entry level i'm partial to canon but grab any entry level and grab a 50 for 99 bucks and just watch your photography soar yeah i i personally started with a canon t6i i actually had to let it go yesterday which was a really uh, i know i saw that on your on your story but you got a new baby i i do have a new baby the a7r mark three so i used to be team canon i actually shifted to the dark side and became, My, became Team it's Sony. It's not, though. Sony is... I per, I'm just a Canon person, so I can't switch over. But um, <laughs> my second shooter for a lot of years used Sony. And his files were, like, twice the size of mine. I'm like, are you kidding me, Anthony? Um, Barb, the my mentor, she she's, like, more of an art street photographer, like, nowadays. And mm. that's what she lusts after is, is all the Sonys. The sensors are huge. They're so small and light. Like, I, especially for video, I think photo, I honestly like when the cameras are bigger because, like, I'm just used to handling giant five-pound things versus, <laughs> yeah. like, looking like I have a point-and-shoot. But for video, when you have to be, like, holding your hands up 
steady and carrying it on all your equipment, like it's way better if it's lighter, smaller, more compact. And that thing is powerful as hell. I wish I could have stayed Canon because I I have a Sigma art lens and I love it. Uh Um, But with Sony, you you hit it right on the nail because I do a lot of video too. And I prefer to shoot 4K and 24P. And in order for me to get that on a Canon, I believe that the only one that does that is the 1DX Mark II, which Which is is a lot of money too. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that. And then you have to get CFAST cards, which are not cheap whatsoever, mm-hmm. and then a battery grip. So, like, you end up spending, like, 10 grand. And know. I'm like, yeah, I don't have 10 grand to spend on camera equipment. That would be dope. No, but... Sony is the new, they are the new powerhouse coming up in the world. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what advice would you give to, you know, wedding photographers that are coming up that are starting mm-hmm. to get out there, start to get a little bit of business? You mentioned you know, once a fire is going, you're the only one who's there to put it out. Um, yeah. Is there anything you would give for wedding photographers or even entrepreneurs? I think I'm going to do, I'll say a couple things for like anyone starting out. And I mean like anyone ever, because I feel like there's so much information that I learned in over the years that I really should have just like, I wish that I learned way early on. It would have saved me years of learning curve. So I feel like everyone can learn at every level. But so I'll just say for everyone, um, go in all parts of your business, your life, if you feel like it too, um, under promise, over deliver. That is the biggest thing that has helped my business is um, going above and beyond in every way that I possibly can for my clients, for vendors, for the photographer, um, just like being a good human. But like, for example, I tell my clients that well in plus like just in case I need the extra time or something happens I tell them their wedding will be delivered in four to six weeks and I always deliver on like the 20 21 day mark so like right under three weeks I tell them their blog will come with their wedding and they get their blog like 48 hours after their wedding um and that always surprises the crap out of them Mm. um I set expectations in the business but then exceed them. Like same with, I'll tell people it takes two weeks for engagement photos and they get them in four days or whatever, but also just like sending surprise gifts and sending them a dunks card once in a while, shooting them with a text, like, Hey, thinking about you. Or like, sometimes I'll have weird dreams or my brides. And I always tell them, um, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but basically just like thinking of any part of your business, be like, how can I create the best experience for someone? Whether that's like your website, your blog, your, you're anything like, how can I serve others? How can I serve my clients? And how can I wow them? Because even it's like the simplest thing. There's a barbecue restaurant um, near my boyfriend's house in Kendall Square called um, Smoke Shop Barbecue. Really great food. And like they're more expensive or most barbecue is. Moral of the story, the fried chicken plate that's delicious that I get. They don't list it on the menu, but it comes out and it comes with a slice of watermelon. And I'm like, the first time that happened, I was like, holy shit, I love watermelon. This is the best day ever. Like, this is an amazing surprise. And it's a slice of watermelon. Like, it's a 20 cent, if that, slice of watermelon on my plate. But the fact that I didn't know it was coming and then it did, like, I just got surprised. Or like, who doesn't like getting, like, a package in the mail? Like, who doesn't like getting snail mail anymore? Like, surprises or like a gift card in the mail. Like, that's awesome. Um... So the more you can do to like just surprise your clients, make like make their days, 
you're going to create clients who absolutely love you um, and won't stop talking about you. Like on the wedding day, you know, talk to their parents, talk to their, talk to the bridal party. If someone needs a button sewn, pretend like you know how to sew. <laughs> like um, <laughs> help her with her dress. Like do anything you know helpful that you can to exceed what the expectations of a wedding photographer will be, or a family photographer, or a calligrapher. Like whatever you are, just try to be the best for your clients, and you will be cultivating an audience that just absolutely adores you and will want to refer you. And then you just have like really great vibes going out in the universe too. (laughs) No. And I think that like all that you said, you want to leave your client happy. And there's, I I forget what the saying goes like, but they say one bad thing spreads like times five, but one positive thing may only spread by one. But if you just keep that domino effect, keep putting out positivity being a good person, like you said, just don't be a dick and be a good person, be uh-huh. above and beyond. <laughs> it, it seriously goes that extra mile because people are more likely to talk about that. They're going to say, you wouldn't guess what just came in the mail from Lena after the wedding. They're like, holy crap, yep. it came that fast. Holy crap, they sent you a gift card. Like that watermelon mm-hmm. effect. It's, it's true. I, the, the, that's what we should name it, the watermelon effect. <laughs> but it's so true. Like you, you're just like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. They want the extra exactly. mile. Like Lush. Lush is my favorite um, like cosmetics and skincare company. They're like all natural and amazing. Everyone go use Lush. But they always include like a like free sample of one of their products in the box. So you know, I mean, the first time it's a super surprise, but you're like, you know, you're excited. Like when you order from them that they gave you a little gift and like, that's really cool. And it's just like the littlest things can go a really long way. Like handwritten notes. Everyone should do handwritten notes, handwritten thank you notes to your clients. These are all hacks, by the way, people like Super easy, ultra tactful. Like you can literally apply this, do this now with whoever you're working with, and it'll yes. just make you that little much that that just enough, just enough to be better than the rest. That they'll yeah. think about you first rather than photographer exactly. X, Y, and Z. Take examples. You can think about the brands. Think about like three brands in your life that you're absolutely nutty about. I mean. Take Johnny Cupcakes, for example, How You Found Me. Johnny Cupcakes has made like a world-changing brand of making food in like pastry-themed shirts. But he does that by being unique and different and above and beyond in every aspect of his business, from his packaging to his delivery, to his surprises, to the way the stores are laid out, to his pop-up, like everything, to the limited edition of everything. Like he just in every he turns um, the norm on top of its head, basically. And you kind of want to do that in your business. You want to be someone that will be remembered, not like, oh, this wedding photographer checked off all the boxes of everything they needed to do, but didn't do more than that. So it's like, just try to, no matter what you do, just try to be the best and you'll be remembered. And that's a great way to build clientele. And I I guess this segues perfect segues perfectly into the uh my next question you know when you start getting one client maybe another one maybe a month later how do you build a clientele where you're developing enough business like you yourself you're you work for yourself you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. you work for yourself how do you build a clientele to get to the point to you know where you are you just 
you kind of use the snowball effect. I mean, in my first year of a wedding, I had four weddings in my first year. Sometimes when people, it's hard because you compare yourself to other people all the time on the internet. It's like what the internet's for is just feeling bad about yourself. <laughs> is um, You know, there's photographers that are like, oh, I'm in my second year of business. Like, I have 22 weddings this year and I had like 20 last year. I'm like, how the F did you get 20 weddings in like the first year of your business? Are you kidding me? Like, it took me like six, five years to get, you know what I'm saying? Like I had four Mm -hmm. weddings my first year. I had like six or seven the next. And that's when I was charging like two grand too. So it's not like I was caking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sometimes it's just like slow growth is okay. But also like if, I guess if you're, I mean, I was also like 15 and could have been definitely a better wedding photographer. (laughs) (laughs) So like skill wise, because I was so young. Um, I mean, so if you're like, absolutely just coming out of the gate with kick-ass work, then like maybe some more bookings, but you just have to follow the principle of like, all right, let's get the best website ever. Cause that's your portal to the world. That's how people know you get to know you, even though they've never met you and love your work. Okay. And then let's nurture the clients that I do have and like look into different creative ways of marketing, um, I feel like there's like 72 steps to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just go above and beyond with your existing clients. Um, you know, maybe the create a referral program, like for their friends or whatnot, like something that they'll get for more people. Um, and then be also doing, I, I don't, I don't know a ton of wedding photographers who literally only do weddings. Like you can do some engagement sheets on the side. You can do some portrait sessions. Like do like kids do some families. And you don't even have to focus on that necessarily, but like I was always doing other types of sessions as well as weddings, and I still do. Um, so weddings are like 79% of like my income, but I have like some other things as well. So like don't be afraid to, if you're starting out, someone's like, oh, well, will you do my family for like a couple hundred bucks? Be like, yep, I will. Like that sounds fun and that's income. And that's just more people you know, because so many, I've gotten so many commercial and corporate jobs from wedding clients. I've gotten so many family portrait clients from wedding clients. I've got so many wedding clients from portrait clients, you know, like, so they all refer within each other. So it doesn't matter what type of client you have, like, they're all going to talk to their friends and like, not, it's not like a photographer is a photographer, but like, they're going to, they're going to look at you like you're a photographer. So you do photography. Can you do my sister's family, but also my cousin's wedding, you know? And you're like, heck yeah, I'll do it all. Exactly. You say, heck yeah. You become like <laughs> a favorite in the family. It's how you got to do it. But I don't know. It's like a, it's like a huge question of like, oh my God. And I feel like I have a lot of articles like that kind of go all into this of like the, I feel like one day or like maybe this year, I'm going to create like a total guide of like steps of how to like have the best business or like how to elevate your business or whatnot. It's coming soon. <laughs> so I'll work you know, on it. I guess this is another good question. I mean, there's, there has to be a work-life balance, right? And I yeah. guess my question to you next would be like, what's, what's your work-life balance? What's that look like? How many shoots are you doing? What do you think is enough? Uh-huh. And what's the point um, where you're just like, I need to turn some down because I need to like get some bubble tea and uh-huh. eat some dumplings. Time out. Oh my God, dumplings. Um, <laughs> such a good day for dumplings, but I can't get anything because it's snowing. Um, okay, work-life balance. I'm like not sure if I'm the perfect person for work-life balance because this is going to sound stupid, but like I love working. 
Um, so basically like it's off season. So I get up, um, shower, do, even though I'm not going to see anyone that day. <laughs> I shower oh. the podcast. I just like to let you know. <laughs> hey, I, I'm glad that you're clean. You know, hygiene is <laughs> important, especially through your exactly. roommates. Exactly. Um, and like, I'll work on stuff for, um, like my newsletter, our boss lady diaries. I will, um, submit to wedding blogs. I'm basically doing like office work, like emails and stuff. I'm basically doing office work kind of whenever I want, which usually I'm really productive from like 8am to 12pm. And then I'm like, mm, going to Chinatown. And then I go get tea and noodles. And then I watch Netflix till like six and then six o'clock comes and I'm like, I'm so lazy and unproductive. This is the worst. And then I'll work for like an hour or two. So I guess it's just like, some people have really set office hours. And I just like, am not, it just doesn't work for me. Cause I'm like, well, I don't work eight hours a day anyway. Like I do not work that much. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of just like, like being like working when I'm inspired, I guess. Um, weekends. I usually do not, unless I have a wedding, I don't work because boyfriend works a nine to five. So time on the weekends is time that I get to spend with him or after he gets home from work. So I'll see him a couple of times during the week. And then on the weekends, I'm usually not, I'll reply to a wedding email if I get it, but like, I'm not sitting on working, but at night, like I just get bored and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like pay six or I'm going to like update the SEO on my website. Like I like doing that. (laughs) Paul, Mm -hmm. the boyfriend always says like, you just like why you work all the time but I do because I love it but also like I know how to not work I know how to go on vacation and not do that and I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it I think other than like wedding season is really busy because it's just filled with weddings and I'll have like a full day quote quote in the office my bed um that I have to crank out all the culling and editing to get their blog live like the next day or the day after so like Thursdays during wedding season where it's just like really really intense and then I have portrait sessions because it's nice out then I have meetings and stuff to do and I feel really overwhelmed but at the same time I like watch Netflix like at least two or three hours a day so it's really not <laughs> I really it balances not itself out. that it totally balances itself out um so I would say like I am not unhappy at all with my work-life balance right now but some people would look at me and be like you're like you do emails at eight o'clock at night I don't do them past nine because that's boundaries. But I'm like, yeah, like if I'm not <laughs> if I'm home anything, like yes, because actually that's like a really that's an easy trap for entrepreneurs to fall in because the only person who controls our success is us. Like you're the only person when you're your own boss who is in charge. And sometimes you can feel like, oh, if I'm not doing something, then like I'm not helping my business. Like, what am I doing for my business and my future and my income? And ah, like I have to work all the time, but that's not true. Like you need to have time to rest, to go on vacation, like work hard, play hard. So what are you planning on going on any cool vacations this year? Any sneak peeks that you can give us? Um, I have nothing booked right now, but on my goals list, I really want to go to Greece. Um, so Italy, <laughs> Greece, um, Chicago, LA again. I was there in November and that was great um where else Miami but my parents live in Florida so I go there all the time so that's not really like a goal it'll happen (laughs) like I'll go there four or five times or whatnot um so yeah hopefully like hopefully getting out to Europe this year again would be really great that's gonna be so exciting uh uh-huh and basically just we I think I have 13 weddings booked for next year so far we'll probably get another like five or so 
Um, and then just have like a really great wedding season. Um, really enjoy it. This is technically my first year of not being in school and running a business, like in my life, like high school and then college, straight to college. You know, so I've always had to juggle class schedules and literally going to high school and crap like that with my work. Um, and now I don't have to do that. And it's like so magical. I never even thought life could get better. <laughs> but um, do you feel like you have more time or less? Oh, my God, time? so much time. I have so much time. Like, it's unbelievable how much time I have, which is why I feel like I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do that I didn't have time to before or like like launching more things for creative entrepreneurs and helping others. And like, I have time to do that now. Like I love doing that. So I'm, I'm really trying to like grow the empire as I'm looking at a little, um, what do you call it? Kind of like desk name tag that says building my empire. Cause I'm serious. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to like branch out and try to build something huge and not being in school is really helping with that. It's taken one step at a time. And I yeah. think that you definitely have your, you know, focused on it and you have all the skills. And one of your recent blog posts that I really enjoyed was, you know, building your Instagram. I think mm -hmm. that Instagram, if you're a photographer, videographer, you have to be there. Yeah, You have to be there and start putting your name out there. What are some hacks or tidbits of advice that you would have, you know, to give to, let's say like an upcoming photographer you know, who wants to start building for their portfolio and client base. Yep. How can someone leverage Instagram? Um, what I would do, I'm literally going to pull up my blog post right now. Um, so I can just read off there. Well, <laughs> you can go to my blog and read the post about Instagram. No, I'm just going to pull it up for bullet points. However, like there's a lot of easy things you can do to help. So the biggest thing is just being consistent posting. Like if not every day, then every other day. Um, so, and by doing that, use an Instagram scheduler, like later or like something, um, planally does that too. And you can plan your calendar for free for the whole, like for months, literally for months. And it's 30 free posts a month. So once a day, which is plenty. Um, and so I just take 10 minutes every week and schedule my next two weeks of Instagram posts. I write the caption, like everything's done. My grid looks great. Like don't have to deal with it. Um, utilize Instagram stories for sure, because it's just like another free platform to have your work. And it's cool to show a more uncurated behind the scenes look at your life because people want to get to know you. Like they want to get to know the person behind whatever this creative enterprise is. And that's the best way when you don't want to post like uncurated things like for your feed, which should be like more of kind of a gallery for you, I guess. Um, you can post all your personal life and people like reply to that and people will message you and be like, Oh, I love that restaurant too. Like, Oh, spaghetti's my fave. Like you can film yourself cooking dinner. Like it doesn't matter what it is, but show people like a slice of your life. Um, which comes to post pictures of yourself because people want to see you. So at least every nine squares, if you can try to post a picture of yourself and like reintroduce yourself because you can't, assume that all your followers see every post and you're getting new followers. So you have to kind of like drive home your top three things about you or whatever. Just be like, Hey, I'm Lena. I love bubble tea. I love weddings. I love dumplings. <laughs> like Those are the things. And, you'll, and like people will start remembering those things like for you, you know? So, um, mm -hmm. Instagram stories, your own, I didn't pull up the PDF cause I can't find it right now. So I'm going off the, 
the normal knowledge. However, there is a PDF download of this stuff. Um, what else? Yeah, plan your stuff. And oh, interact with people. Um, you don't want to be like, oh, come look at my page, comment for a like, wow. But um, you want to. You want to be genuine. Yeah, when you're scrolling and you like something, why don't you take like two seconds to just comment on it as well as like, like whatever you like about it. I mean, of course, it's it's some giant account. It doesn't matter. Like, don't do that. Um, but if it's a fellow photographer, you know, be like, I love the light in this image. Or like, this is so great. Or like, even an emoji. It doesn't matter, but like, sprinkle some actual love. Because like, no one sees who likes photos. It's just like, oh, these are my likes. It's like a numerical thing to analyze, like how many people are interacting with you. So if you actually want people to notice you and create friendships, just start commenting on people's Instagrams. And don't do it in a sketchy, like, don't do it in a weird, like, I'm trying to bait you to come follow me away just like be a nice be a nice person (laughs) just be a good person be uh, and i think that's that's something that i i talk to a lot of people and they put a lot of content out there and they're like why am i not getting likes or followers and it's like Mm -hmm. it doesn't just happen that way you really need to be a part of the community yeah if you want to have friendships you sometimes have to be the first one to knock on the door yep. and you might have a lot of doors closed in front of you, but chances are a lot of them are going to be open and they'll talk to you back. And if you just are genuine, like, I have made really some care. of my best friends from Instagram. And I don't even remember that I met them from Instagram. They have to tell me years later, like, Oh, we met on Instagram. I'm like, no, we didn't. She's like, yeah, that's how we met. So <laughs> I've definitely made a lot of <laughs> lasting friendships like on that crazy platform. Um, but also, Likes, it's really, it's so hard. To, I mean, I do it too. If it gets like under 100 likes for me, I'm like, I'm a failure today. Everyone hates me. But really, <laughs> as long, like if you are speaking to one person, like as long as you are resonating, you're making a difference, providing some kind of, um, not content, like providing someone with some useful information or entertainment for one person, like it's worth it. Like if you have six followers on Instagram, that's okay. Like, You are providing something to those six people. And if one of those people is like, wow, I really enjoyed this post. Or like, wow, this picture really inspired me today. Or, you know, like just show up for one person. That's all you have to do. And like as long as that one person cared about it, then it was worth it. No, definitely. And I think that's perfect. That's a perfect way to say it because all it takes is that one person that your post could have just made them smile because they had a bad day or you're, mm-hmm. you're the reason that somebody picked up a camera and it could have yeah. just changed the entirety of their life because they became a photographer and then they became successful. And it was going, because you're going you big. just posted you're going. something. <laughs> but it's, it's very possible. It's All these things very are possible. True. Because I started off with an iPhone vlogging and then I just got you know, decent enough and then, like, for you, you were a big inspiration for me to get off my ass and be like, all right, let's take some photos <laughs> and practice this shit. And bada bing, bada boom, I'm here interviewing yep. you over a podcast. <laughs> you know, who would have thought know, that Instagram it was th- one of, did this? It's one of my dreams to have a podcast. So the fact that you're doing it is a super inspiration as well. <laughs> if I can do a podcast, literally anybody can do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, apparently there's apps for it. Like, that's so fun. See, that stuff I don't know. Boom. Learn something new every day. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, you never know who you can, like, who you can find out something new from. This is all very true. 
So I actually wanted to know this about you. So you, I've been following Johnny Cupcakes, right? Mm -hmm. Since I was probably in eighth grade, (laughs) seventh grade. And I still have my clothes from Johnny Cupcakes back in like high school. Like Mm -hmm. I'm wearing, I'm actually wearing a Johnny Cupcakes hoodie right now. It's their Oh, I've got my sweatpants on. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, yeah. How'd you, like, how'd that come to be? Because Johnny Cupcakes is a big inspiration to me. Um, uh-huh. So I'd love to hear, you know, how that came to be for you to work with them. So this is a story that rings absolutely true to the go above and beyond principle. So um, February 2017, I was like, that was last year, Jesus. Um, <laughs> he put a call out on Twitter. Um he was like mass art, SCAD, some art schools in the country. Like, if you're a student, like, DM me. And I'm like, I got a mass art. And I messaged him. And he was like, hey, so I have this zine every month. And I would love to, like, team up with people at art schools to distribute it. Like, would you be interested in doing that? If you want to put me, like, on your resume or something, you can do that. And I nearly, like, crapped my pants. I was like, oh, my God, I'm talking about my cupcakes. <laughs> Because I have a picture of me the day I got accepted to Mass Art wearing a Johnny Cupcakes hoodie. Like, I've been a fan for a long time. Wow. Um, and boyfriend Paul for many years, like 10, 11 years. <laughs> so long. Um, so this was just huge. And I was like, yes, I would love to. So when he mailed the box of magazines to my apartment, he included, like, stickers, two or three t-shirts for me like to keep and I was like oh my god that's so nice so hence he went above and beyond and surprised me and I was like oh my god this was so nice of him so um I distributed all the magazines at night (laughs) it sounds stupid but like I was like I wonder if I'm gonna get in trouble because not like mass art stuff so I went around (laughs) at night and like put them all like everywhere in the school and I took my little instax polaroid camera and I took polaroids doing that so like like the stickers up next to the mass art sign um like the girl i went with holding the stack of magazines like putting them on in the library in the bookshelves so i took like i grabbed like six or seven of those polaroids i had his stationary cards (laughs) from like the black friday sale the year before so i had one left so i took a big kid card um wrote a thank you note on it put the polaroids in there and mailed it to headquarters and then I kept getting the boxes every month, like, of the new zines and doing that. But, like, I never heard back from her or anything. Um, but in that initial exchange, I was like, hey, also, if you ever need photos, you know, woo, me. Um, and then, like, three months in April, so, like, February, March, April, like, almost three months later, he DM'd me on Twitter and was like, hey, like, thanks for the awesome card. Like, I love the pictures. Um, I also checked out your work, and your work is incredible we need a lifestyle photographer, like, now. Would you be interested in working with me? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, oh, oh my God. I, I I fell on the floor. It was, I couldn't believe it. Um, And we were just DMing back and forth. And he was like, yeah, we're looking for someone, like, if you want to, like, call it an internship or just, like, a, um, like, a contractor position or whatever. Basically, like, and I'm like, how long? And he's like, basically forever, like, however long you want it to be, like, I'm like, Jesus. So yeah, that week I sat down and had like my first meeting with them and like started shooting a ton of work. And I have been in the JC family ever since. It is, it has been an absolutely life-changing 
experience and the people there. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's how I got it. It all goes down in the DMs. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's an amazing story, and you know that inspires me to like do a better job with going above and beyond with mm-hmm. everything I do, whether it's personal business, just because just doing that little extra amount that may not cost much or anything at all, yeah. but just putting that piece of like you where you're saying thank you or mm-hmm. I'm thinking of you just can transcend your career literally or yeah. just change the trajectory yeah. of your life. Just because you were being a good person. Thank you, no, can change your life. (laughs) It's true. And you also don't want to discredit, like, connection points, which is why, like, about pages and sharing about your life and yourself on all of your social channels is so important. Um, The biggest stock agent, I shoot for three stock agencies, um, which is, like, commercial work that you can license if you don't know what stock is. Um, And... The biggest one that I shoot for, I got signed to because the editor found me on Twitter and in my bio, I was like, I like to pretend to cook like a Food Network pro, which is true. I freaking love the Food Network. Um, <laughs> like I try to play my meals like when I'm not being lazy. And she emailed me to ask if I wanted to sign to the agency. And she was like, yeah, like I love pretending to cook like a Food Network person too. And like that was what, you know, like off of Twitter. Wow, Twitter's really done me well in the past, I must say. <laughs> Looking back, no, Twitter. Um, Twitter is a very interesting, uh, interesting place to network. It really is. So, like, don't you know? The more connection points you can give out, I mean, even like, I like pumpkins, and someone else is like, I love pumpkins, but I mean, be a little bit more like unique to you about that. But like, never be afraid to be posting pictures from your own life, sharing things, sharing things you like, because it's just giving people. Uh, a touch point to reach out and be like me too like I am also that way like because even when my couples are like I met with a couple who's getting married at a at a art at the ICA in Boston I'm like I love that place like I already like you because we both have the same interests like we both like the same things or people who have gone to restaurants that I've gone to I'm like oh my god like I'm already your friend because we've done the same thing (laughs) (laughs) it's just making those relationships Mm -hmm. genuine and finding genuine things to connect about can really bring relationships clients you know closer together and then whatever happens afterwards just transcends so that's awesome to hear what what do you have going on for this year so you have weddings anything exciting going on I know you mentioned boss lady diaries what's what's 2018 looking like for you um 2018 is probably looking like a launch for that um for just resources for creative entrepreneurs, more coaching, maybe a podcast if I really get my shit together. Um, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see how much I can do. Um, just having a really good wedding season because I was I wanted to move to New York City like this month because um, that's what I thought like all through college. But like as I'm now here and graduated and like really liking life, um, I'm like maybe I can wait because of commercial work just like a place like modeling it's like New York or LA like commercial and fashion work um because it's scary to have to think to move out of Boston because that's where my client base is so 2018 is going to be filled with a lot of hustling for commercial work for agencies um fashion editorial magazine like all that kind of stuff so hopefully Mm -hmm. um couple actual big (laughs) 
commercial jobs for me. I would love that. Um, and we're going to try to make that happen as, as much as I possibly can. And then just, yeah, like nurturing my wedding client. I have a great wedding couples this year. They're so awesome. So I'm looking forward to this season and basically just like living my (laughs) my first year in history, like not in school. I mean, other than when I was like five years old, but that was a really long time ago. I wasn't really doing much back then, you know? No, it sounds like a really exciting year. Mm -hmm. Lots of boba tea, right? Yes. I I grabbed an app and it's a counter. So I want to count how many bubble teas I I drank in 2018 because like I only ballpark. But last year I actually um, kept track from January through December of how many photos I shot. Like every time I'd import a card, I'd write down the number and then I'd write down final delivery number. Exactly how many. I think it was like 70,000. It's around 70,000. I have the actual number. And then how many I delivered, which is like 24,000 to Wow. Statistics. So like, that's cool to me. So I'm like, I want to know how many bubble teas. So I can just whip that number out at the end of the year and be like, ah, this is how many bubble teas I drank. I'm disgusting, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) How many bubble teas do you think you've drank in 2017? In 2017? Okay. So let's just break it down. Um, depending on the week, I'm going to just say average like six. Let's just say like, it's really could be anywhere between like four and eight, but so let's just say like five, then we'll be conservative. We'll say five. So times 52 weeks, that's like <coughs> 250 bubble teas. Jesus Christ. Um, so that's a whole lot of bubble teas. With time like traveling and like, cause I can't get it in Florida. Although I kind of find it. I found it in Europe too. Let's just say 200. I think 200 would be like a pretty, I'm comfortable with that number. I'd say like, it's probably right around 200. A lot of tea, I know. But that sounds so delicious. Times though. five bucks a tea or six, depending on where you go, is just like really a disgusting way to spend money. But <laughs> some people do that at Starbucks, so it's fine. We all have our we all have our vices. Mine is Monster Energy. I love no monsters. <laughs> that is that is my kryptonite. I I have a pack of forty eight in my car, oh so that way God. whenever I'm traveling, I just pop them out and I just drink Monster. So like you said, we all have our vices. I Mine is ultra I'm like, white. Damn, is he gonna monsters. get cancer? And I'm like, well, I'm probably. It's fine. Like it all evens out. We're all gonna go down one way. It's exactly. just I, I prefer to go down, drink monster. You, with yeah, bubble tea. I will. I will go down. I want to die choking on a on a boba. Like that's what I want to do. <laughs> you should die doing what you love. Exactly, and that's boba. Which will be like wedding and also. Editing on the computer and then choke on a boba. Not anytime soon, but like, you know, in the end, that's how it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> now I want boba. I want some boba iced tea. I'm looking at my, I have a bubble tea phone case. I got a bubble tea blanket. I got bubble tea art on the walls. It's kind of nutty in here. So we're actually getting close to the end mm-hmm. of our boba conversation and <laughs> the podcast. I do have one question that I like to ask everyone that comes onto the podcast that I would love to ask you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. If you had one superpower, what would it be and why? Um, does this count as a superpower? Like, I would just want, like, unlimited money. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that can be your superpower, just in- infinite wealth? Infinite wealth. That is it. Because, like, I just want to travel... Um, I'd still be a photographer because someone asked me that. They'd be like, someone gave you like a million dollars a year. Like, would you, I'm like, no, like, I don't know. That's my passion. I can't not do it. 
so I'd still take photos but like I want to just like live in a really nice house and like be able to take really expensive vitamins and shop at Whole Foods so that, that I don't you know because you can't buy health and that is the most important thing um but you know I could set myself up on track to be wicked healthy <laughs> while you know living the rest of my life traveling and helping others and like giving to people in need and all that good stuff so I would I, I don't know if that's a if that's like a dick answer but I'm <laughs> my no not a dick answer but would you open a boba tea store Mirasola house of boba that one <laughs> wow okay so clearly you've thought about this yeah yeah it's a, it's like a running joke in the family and friends yeah maybe maybe one day when i'm just like bored or i want to like pivot careers i will for sure open a bottle tea place if there was one closer your- i would work part-time at one like like i'm talking like four hours a week just so i could get free tea but there's not one like super super close enough that i would make me want to do that <laughs> so what is your favorite flavor boba um i would say honeydew milk tea i usually go between honeydew milk tea um or lychee, lychee but I also, what's that oh lychee is a it's a fruit it's like a sweet fruit it's incredible wow you gotta try it and actually, like, I mean, if you go to an Asian grocery glow. store, you can buy the lychee fruit, and it's delicious, and it comes in a can. Lychee. I- I'm about to Google this in a minute. I- I'm going to learn myself some boba iced tea terminology. Yes. But um, I also like Thai, coconut, peach, um, black milk tea. Yeah, I like a lot of them. Lena, where can people find you? You can find me on... My website, lenamirasolaphoto.com, with, I assume, a link somewhere in the show notes. Um, Instagram.com slash lenamirasola. That's L-E-N-A-M-I-R-I-S-O-L-A. Um, and I'm also Lena Marisola on Twitter, except I'm on the brand there. I kind of, I swear a lot on there, and I'm not, I'm not brand, I'm not branded <laughs> on Twitter, but that's where I can be a human. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's where that's where you can find me. Or you can find fashion work at just lenamarisola.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lena, for being on the show. This was incredibly awesome. This Had was a great amazing. time speaking with you. If you guys enjoyed the episode, make sure you give it a five star on uh, Apple iTunes. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until next time, this is Marvin and Lena, and we're out. Woo!